0: Security Excellence Through Education, Corporate Security University. out there in uh, TV land or computer land, wherever you're taking the time to watch this wonderful thing, um, there was a question that arose about 2033, and what is it going to look like, and will physical security be more important in 2033 or not? I think more than anything else, personally, that is a quick answer, and we'll dive into it, uh, I think it will be more important, and... How we're going to get there is going to be the keys. I'm really excited about the different kind of tools that I'm literally taking from Star Wars and Star Trek. Because one of the things that I've learned about futurists is that a lot of times they've gotten it right, which is pretty interesting to me. So... As we talk about it, man, I'm going to throw out some things of possibilities that I think are going to be possibilities, maybe not directly at 2033, because I think at 2033, we'll finally have some evolving AI stuff that will actually be AI stuff. It's not analytics or, or uh, you know, pixelity stuff that we call AI because the AI is sexy, like when it comes to camera systems or intrusion detection systems, all that. But it will be like real AI and real machine-learned kind of AI. I, I think that's more of a 2033. But I'm going to throw out some really wild futuristic security stuff that I hope, if I say it and I believe in it, maybe somebody will work on it. How's that? Yeah. I don't sounds know.
1: Like, uh, sounds like you need to click your heels three times and uh, yeah. let's see if we can take the uh, AI train back to Kansas.
0: I agree. Okay. Let's, let's take it back to Kansas. So... Aaron, what do, you, what do you think? By the way, everybody, Aaron Berkwist, um superhero extraordinaire of physical security. By the way, he's got his own patent. The guy's a patent guy. He um, yes. Not only that, he is a good looking gentleman. And that in physical security, security systems is everything. And you can't, you can't, you know, uh, you can't fight that. Now, down to the left over there, uh, we have Greg Bowman. Y'all seen Greg Bowman around? He's uh, my pal, my buddy. Uh, it almost seems like we just hang out together every day. Uh, it's been
1: very, uh, very much that case the last month or so. Yeah,
0: yeah. But he's a also way. a uh, securitai, he doesn't like the word expert, so a magnanimous securitai <laughs> professional. How's that? Authoritai. Authoritai. <laughs> Res- respect my <laughs> respect authority. My authority. <laughs> and um, so glad to have you here as well, man, as we talk about this. So, Aaron, you know, 2033 and beyond, let's go 2033 and beyond, 10 years from now. What are some of the things that you're looking for? And do you believe physical security is going to be important?
2: Yeah, that's a. That's, you know, that's an easy question to answer. I don't know, you know, I don't, what else are we going to talk about? I don't about? know is not an answer. So. Um, no, I yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ideas to su- su- subscribe to you. Yep. Um, you know, I think that uh, if you follow the people that have the best track record for predicting the future, people like... Uh, Ray uh, Kurzweil yeah. who has uh, an 86 something percent uh, tr- uh, accurate track record for predicting the, the future um, you know he believes that by 20 in the tw- or 2030 time frame yep. approximately we'll reach a, a singularity where uh, technology starts uh, evolving faster than humans can track and gauge it mm-hmm. yep Okay. Um, is it
0: when real IoT will really be real IoT? Like uh, I think that he all talks one?
2: about kind of everything.
0: Yeah. Every, everything interconnected.
2: A- everything is uh, interconnected and evolving to a point and at a pace that exceeds our ability as human beings by ourselves yep. to even understand how it's changing and, yeah. and so on and so forth.
0: So that's so, about 86%. We're going that's, to get his okay. that's his track record.
2: That's his batting average historically that's pr- that's pretty over the last good. That's pretty good. You know, several decades. And so, um, yeah, if you subscribe to that, um, you know, that's obviously a big vision and a very complicated idea of where we would be at. But I think that as it relates to fiscal security, I think that um, – we're going to evolve in the things that we protect or get asked to protect or safeguard is going to change. Yeah. I think that, you know, people are going to be more, our lives are going to get more digitalized whether people start living in the metaverse or it just becomes a, a more of a hybrid world where we have physical assets and digital assets and we treat them almost on the equal playing field. I think uh, we're going to be asked to protect those assets and and people in a different way in the future than we have before. So knowing that uh, people are going to spend more time and money on digital assets, what's our role in protecting them, whether that means protecting data centers where the assets actually live in the real world, uh, or the infrastructure that connects data centers and Uh, devices. uh, So the way that people get those digital assets or experiences, um, I think that that'll become more important over time um, because the amount of disruption people can have on people's lives will only increase from a digital footprint perspective. Um, And then it'll just be interesting to see if crime Continues to shift towards the digital world, where there's less crime in the physical world, but more crime in the the digital world. And I think that that'll change uh, yeah. the ways that we approach a lot of stuff as well.
0: Interesting. God, Jesus, that was a lot of damn education, man. It's such yeah. a little time. Yeah. um Really good stuff. I'm gonna have to look into that guy more because I love like futurists. I, I really am a big fan of that. Um, and, and I think uh, honestly, they get it right a lot of times. It's amazing. Just watch Star Wars, Star Trek. You'll see that we're using some of the things that definitely uh, they were thinking about in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Greg, what do you think, buddy?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to your original question, I think, yeah, physical security will... Still be a very prevalent field, and to Aaron's point, I think it's going to shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what we consider to be physical security is always going to be a necessity. There's always the people aspect, regardless of how advanced our technology becomes. There are still bad actors that will act in a physical manner versus. A logical or a cyberactive. I think the scale of that and what it looks like is going to be a lot different. You know, we've talked about nanotechnology, Mm we look at nanocomputing. You know, look at us from, uh, you know, those of us that are, you know, north of 40, 50 years of age. You know, we've had this conversation yesterday about pulling coax cable on a (laughs) covert camera, uh, you know, back to a a VCR that we had to climb into the rafters to, to turn on for a recording incident. And look at where we've come in the last 20 years. So right. the exponential shift in processing power, nanotechnology, AI development, as it gains improvement, the improve those improvements become even even more pronounced exponentially as it continues to grow on the data center side. Aaron touched on. Um, you know, the scale and the scope of the data centers that we've been involved with are decreasing in terms of footprint, but right. the processing power has grown, yep. and, you know, there have been, just on that front in the industry, there have been tests, beta tests of data centers that are the size of a small shed, comparative to a large million square foot warehouse, so right. I think those challenges are going to pose are going to be posed to the industry where, you know, now in the physical security arena, we protect perhaps a large footprint. We're sitting in a hotel lobby right now. Mm-hmm. What does the protection look like at that perimeter of the interior? Yeah. What happens when that footprint of whatever it is you're protecting is now... Ten square feet, right? And can be man portable on the back of the trailer, right? What does that do to the landscape, right? So, yeah, I think physical security to your original question is still going to be very prevalent. What it looks like, how it functions, how we address it is really going to be the the challenge ahead of how to keep up with it as as the technology continues to evolve that fast.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree with all that, all that. So here here's a couple things. I was I was sitting a panel one time, and I'm gonna remember this doctor's name, but incredible uh, security gentleman. And he kept on talking about quantum computing mm-hmm. and how quantum computing will break any two-factor authentication. You know, if anything that we use today on the infosec side, it'll be just pointless. Everything will just be pointless. And um, and I'm, I'm like, man, why was I not intelligent enough as a young man? to go into literally like cyber security or you know something to do with that where i'm just trying to compute and break computing in some way shape or form so i'm I'm gonna take a slight i'm I'm gonna go back a little bit yeah physical security is going to be important but you're right the shift it's going to start shifting and almost merging into like this one set thing that is neither physical, it's like the convergence. The convergence, stuff, exactly. Neither physical, neither cyber, it's somewhere in the middle, and then you add this quantum stuff and nanotechnology. It's more of stuff. a holistic
1: awareness of all security right, aspects. Because,
0: right. you know, I'm thinking about cockroaches literally <laughs> carrying cameras with them. I told you I was going to get a little weird, but, or cats, you know, the old, uh, the kitty, the kittens, the crazy kittens with cameras in it. I'm not saying that's going to happen, obviously, but, but I mean, the nanotechnology could get us there to where everything that we do could be so small, you know, and it's, it's, I think ultimately it's, there's going to be a trend of people inserting things on their bodies to to be used as access some kind of access control right. or some kind of GPS tracking or something, I mean, you know, we do it in animals. There's some humans that are testing these kinds of things. I think it might become almost like the norm.
1: Well look at look at the military going back thirty you know, probably even World War Two, I think if I'm remembering correctly, the use of dolphins mm-hmm. with uh, mine technology. Super planting mines. Yep. Uh, detecting mines. Yep. And look where we are now not that far forward in, in, in the grand scheme of things in terms of technology. And look where we are with, with how small this microphone is now.
0: Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely.
1: We, we, we saw the microphone in the cabinet over here of yeah. uh, you know, the handheld typical microphone that somebody uses sure, to talk SM-158. into. And now we're looking at technology that the microphone you're wearing on your collar is you know, less than a inch. and it's the same microphone. Yep. So now, what's the next iteration of that?
0: Here it is. It, and it's exactly. the, same mic.
1: We, the covert cameras that we've all played with and used in in our lives. How big were they? How how bulky were they? Yeah. Now look at what you can order online for a, a spy camera or a pinhole camera. Of how tiny these things are. They're no bigger than a. a small dot that fits on your finger yeah so what's the next iteration of that and where does that pose challenges for us where does it pose opportunity for us in terms of how we manage physical security with access control with yeah. surveillance with uh detection across the board
0: agreed do, yeah. do you think we'll buy into this kind of stuff do you think who will buy because into security, this stuff? Well, I'll tell you. The I'll industry? Tell you, security as a whole, industry, law enforcement. Yeah. You know, military. We're like these old school people that it, it takes a while for us to buy into technology. I mean, we're just like these old, everything that we're talking about in the future, are we easily going to start buying into? Uh, you, you know, f- I, I
2: think just like every other like transformation period, there's going to be some people who are going to be on the forefront. And they're going to yield, uh, they may be too early, and they may try to adopt things and yeah, they're ready. And then mm-hmm. there's going to be people who are early, but not too early, yeah. uh, and they're going to reap the benefits. And then there's going to be the the middle of the bell curve and the laggards. And so, um, you know, I think that that's the hard uh, decisions that people have to make right now when they're out, you know, dip- Depending on uh, or deciding how they're going to deploy their budgets and what big leaps they're going to take is. Do I bet on 5G cellular CCTV cameras instead of running Ethernet cable and having network switches? A lot of work
0: to run those cables.
2: Yeah, you know you're paying. (laughs) You know the costs associated with installation and the network switches. But if it if it can be uh, secured and uh, You know, the data is encrypted and it meets, you know, all of those requirements. You're talking about being able to deploy cameras and not having to plan three months or six months in advance. You can literally put something up in one day uh, or... Uh, you know take care of a whole building installation in a day and then you know as you know talk about communication stuff as the batteries get smaller then that means the devices can get smaller and lighter as well and so that means a whole uh, field of opportunities but i think uh yeah it'll be interesting to see you know as different uh companies and industries uh Uh, especially the early adopters start to uh, um, take those leaps, I think it's important for people to share what's working, what's not working, and uh, especially what's not working because we don't do a great job of that. Sometimes, you know, we make bad mistakes. We buy, make a purchase or make a bet on a a certain technology and it doesn't work and we keep it to ourselves, Um, I think it's gonna be important from an industry perspective for us to be kind of humble and communicative about about what's working and what's not working so that we can all head in the right direction.
0: I agree. You know, I do think that the technology that we have today, though, is pretty good. And what I've realized in some companies out there is that they don't use them to the max of the ability of the system that they purchase. And I think that, that is a problem in itself. One is could be because they're not educated enough, and one may possibly is because somebody has a way that they want to operate. They've gotten very accustomed to just operating that way, and they're unwilling to open up their mind to what a system may still be able to do. Um, so I think there are some issues with that still, where I, I, I honestly believe that the technology that we have today is not bad. It's stuff that's out there. It's not bad, it works pretty well. And if you look at even the even the analytical camera stuff, they keep on adding more analytical behaviors that these cameras can, can pull out of. You know, uh, I was with Axis uh, not long ago, and they are talking about, like, well, you know, now if you if somebody falls and the speed of fall will tell the analytics that there's a problem. If somebody's, you know... Uh, um, oh, God, I'm trying to remember the AI company. Um if somebody hangs around for more than forty five seconds and you can set that timer, you know, like hey, all of a sudden somebody gets an alarm saying somebody's just hanging out, hanging out at, at the door. I mean there's so many different things. I, I saw one where there's a three D modeling now with um, with with the pixality itself where it wouldn't catch somebody walking this way because it was only like a 2d pixality movement. But now you can actually catch somebody that's on this side, but because it's a 3d map and right. you can actually, now the, the camera will pick it up. Right. Because if somebody knows where the line is that you set or the parameters that you set, there's so many things, uh, that are really, it's growing and it's exciting. um, I just don't think today we don't use fully the technology that's available.
1: It's that that progression, right? You know, we've gone from rudimentary uh, microwave detection systems at perimeters. It just let us know somebody was there to basic analytics that determine size of an object. Is it a bird? Is it a dog? Or is it human-sized? Okay, now we're moving into 3D mapping of a threat. We're touching on risk acceptance, mm-hmm. risk identification. Yeah. And, you know, from the, from the technological side, you know, at what point are we going to get to the capabilities of our systems truly being optimized that yeah. I'm going to have a, a 3D map with a thermal image with a detailed view of what it is that I'm, that's triggered some sort of alarm or some sort of alert to Mm. me and be able to see that in real time. Yeah, sure. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And then I think, you know, the other thing is, uh, you know, we're kind of in that um, territory where kind of smartphones were in the early to mid-2000s before they took off, which was a lot of technologies were getting smaller, cheaper, and to the point where you could start integrating it into a single device or a single solution. And so, like, to take that example, you know, you have our technology capabilities are are getting efficient and smart, but then also, like, other technologies that we need to marry that together. So, like, don't just... Find the problem for me, but find the problem and then automatically, without a human being involved, alert the right people given the context of, of the situation. And, that, and then, after those people are alerted, continue to, uh, from an AI perspective, actually respond to the situation. Provide a
1: workflow. All yeah, through.
2: just like we use protocols as human beings to dictate how we respond to a situation, the AI more and more is getting to a position where it could execute a lot of, not all, but a lot of uh, steps that we include in our own security protocols. Are
1: we getting to a point then in that model and with that logic that we're eliminating the human element or limiting the human element towards defining parameters of system response?
2: I think we're getting to the point where we hopefully can allow humans to do the human Work that we should be doing. So I don't think we were designed to uh, watch a camera, see something bad happen, and then pull up a protocol and then read the protocol step by step, and then make phone calls and right. in emails, and then uh, get on the radio and so on and so if forth. This,
1: then this. <laughs>
2: no, you know, really, what perfect looks like is if all of that stuff was taking care of taken care of by technology, then we can figure out, okay, is this something that I need to respond to as a human? Or is it something that's self-correcting because it will it's a non-impactful situation that just needs to be documented? Or is it an impactful situation that a human actually needs to get involved in? And when you think about a lot of situations that we deal with, they're just there are things that we report on and we react to, but they're not actually impactful
0: situations, and so quite pointless. <coughs> yeah, right. You know, at times the noise. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I don't need I don't need all the data, honestly. I, I, in our field, it's very specific data that I need all the time. I could probably count them in about you know these two hands here, and those are really important to me. Right. That's what really dictates my business where it goes and, and what we do. Um, I agree. So you're saying that you don't think that humans will ever go away. You're going to have to have one or two.
2: Yeah, I think you're going to have, you know, like if you think about the, the average security manager of a facility that has one. Um, Either they're directly doing all of those things by themselves or they rely on their team to do all of those things. I think for those facilities with large security teams, you're going to be able to turn that security manager into more of a force multiplier where a lot of easy, repetitive tasks will be taken care of for them so that they can focus on things like um, responding to the scene or interviewing uh, witnesses or you know, overall reacting to, you know, interacting with people um, in more impactful situations. Um, but the stuff that doing checklists and and auditing stuff and, and, yeah. and uh, just taking, taking reports manually, so on and so forth, may go away or just be automated uh, through the combination of all of these different
0: uh, technology improvements. I love it. So I'm going to go really beyond now, beyond, and... What I'm looking for is a fence line that has some kind of a force field that it's invisible. And every time somebody tries to go past it, like, there'll be IR beams that they can clearly see that goes across in between two poles, right? Yeah. Obviously, aligning the entire property. But if they try to come in, the force field will somehow... It'll be heavy. It's almost like it's a fence line itself. They'll feel it like
1: a barrier. Oh, there's
0: a barrier of some kind. Some sort
1: of electromagnetic barrier. Some so kind th- of so.
0: weird thing. And I I like it. I am gonna I'm that's beyond that. now. Now I'm, I'm, I'm star I'm I'm star tracking this. I am
1: laughing great. because when uh, you know my law enforcement days when Taser really became a, a A prevalent product. Taser, 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 taser. And uh, you know, having been hit with taser, taser, taser many times, you know, there was always that joke as the product continued to evolve and and went from this to this to this to this. You know, the the running joke. I was an instructor for a long time, and the running joke was, when's the model coming out that shoots a lightning bolt that I can use? So just zap (laughs) you and put you to sleep, (laughs) right? You know, across the you know across the room, across the field, and you hit you with a lightning bolt. I think that's where this is going, right, is, is that what does that technological evolution look like yeah. to that point of I don't need a fence. I have perhaps barrier posts, you know, property delineation posts, that if it detects an unwanted threat... It generates that force field that something. knocks somebody on their butt that that deters somebody from entering my property that yeah. protects my property and then alerts me no. by the way and provides that three D mapping and everything that goes yeah. with. Yeah,
0: it. don't get me wrong, liability wise, I don't want to hurt anybody. No. I just want a force field that comes up. I'd like to deter somebody from stops entering stops my property. That. Right. <laughs> Stop something. No zaps them because then i'd be paying a lot that, that might start to become more than somebody slipping on my property and trying to sue me all day every day yeah but um that's what i'm looking for I'm beyond what do you think give me give me something good something good um uh, well, well we're reaching outside now yeah this, is, this a- is a this is
2: a spicy one um you know i think that you know when you look at what's the point of the fence so the what? The, the first objective is, you know, fences were originally designed to demarcate property lines. Yes. So I think, you know, what's a smarter, more cost-effective way to demarcate your fence line or warn somebody when... They unknowingly uh, make a mistake and they're crossing, a, you know, private property line. A Doberman used to do that. Yeah, you know, a Doberman Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, but maybe it's a drone, you know, or maybe yeah. uh, whether it's a flying drone or a, a land drone or you know something else that first warns you, hey, you're making a mistake. This is private property. Ah, so that people, you know, drone. we're educating people and but also warning people um, so you know that's has its own problems that's not a perfect idea or solution um, but uh, you know how do we warn people in a more cost-effective way than buying and printing signs uh, putting up fences uh, so on and so forth and then I guess ultimately depending on the the type of the facility if it truly warrants it um, what's a, a non-violent way to uh, stop and uh, you know deter, deter uh, fishing nets yeah. and and defend. Not oh, that yeah.
0: serious, Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, they're kind of using it now. You know, fishing nets I have a drone. I just draw, and I've seen this. I So I know it kind of exists. Can I? Can I add that if the drone can automatically scan you? For let's say an RFID style of identification you know, level, it all of a sudden yeah. realizes that on this property, dan, 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 you are not supposed to be on this property. We must stop you, and then boom! Here comes the fishnet, the fishing net, just boom. and and then you're kind of stuck until security comes out, right? But how about that? Let's add that to a to a drone or of some kind, yeah. where they're they're also reviewing. Do you, you know? Do, access your fe- do your
1: fence posts then generate that initial warning somehow of? Warning! Don't cross this line. Something yep. may happen to you. Don't be a bad boy or Don't a be bad girl. Don't be a bad boy.
0: Yeah. So I like that. I like that on a drone. But I expand to that. Like, if the drone is automatically scanning all the time, you know, for you know, uh, the that one RFID thing that we will have on our wrist, and it's always scanned in, embedded in our bodies that was given to us at birth and we just, yeah, it can, it can trigger,
2: trigger a message, Saying, you know, it can just, communic- there's good. a universal yeah. communication language that can communicate to people's yeah. embedded, uh, biohacked, uh, yeah. RFID chips that warns you directly yeah. without having to send a device to you. And then, yeah, I think that, you know, somewhere society has to yeah. have a conversation about whether, uh, publicly or privately what uh, what's an acceptable, nonviolent response to uh, a situation Fishness. that today we archaically deploy people. And, right. uh, you know, yeah. that leads to a lot of outcomes that none of us want to see for various different reasons.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, here's my perfect access control system, all embedded into one. I'm driving my vehicle. and All this exists today. I'm driving my vehicle into my property, right? The camera picks up my tag, automatically connects back to all three cars that are within the system that the Francisco household owns. So one, that could be Carlos Francisco that works here. The vehicle is supposed to be here at the time that he's here and all that stuff. So that's one, right? So I go and I park my car. I step out of my car, start walking, automatically the AI, the camera system itself, has machine learned my gait, how I walk, how I move, all of a sudden, boom, that's a two-point now into the system saying, okay, there's a better chance that that is Carlos." Very good. So then I start coming up to the door. The door through short distance, kind of RFID, whatever the case may be, automatically says, oh, wow that looks like Carlos. Oh, by the way, face recognition as I'm walking up, also catches this three-pointer on, okay, there's a good chance that's Carlos. As I come up to the door, either through my phone or some kind of RFID, still the old cards or whatever, picks that up without me having ever to take it out, go, boom, that's a four-pointer. I can at least let him through the front door.
1: Right? So you have yep. front multiple door. points. I never had
0: to do anything. All I did now is just open or the door. sequential
1: validation. They're exactly.
0: Through. So we right. have four points That now the percentage keeps on going up. Now I'm at 80% that that is Carlos, right? So no problem. I come through. Now I walk inside of the, let's say, the lobby and stuff, right? The officer or somebody that might be in the lobby or not. Let's say, let's continue with just the technology piece of this thing, right? As I'm walking to get access now inside of the inner door now into into maybe the office space, not just the lobby door. Um, there's another system of some kind that picks something specific about me. So today, dogs can do vapor wake. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's a lot of canine dogs, a lot of studies. Uh, Clemson University, uh, AMK9, old company I worked with. Dogs for the Fences, another company that I worked with back in the days. Very good at the vapor wake that is built by Clemson. But let's say within the air conditioning system or our system... They are continuously collecting data of the air quality, or that all of a sudden they co- they collect vapor wave, right? And they're like, huh, boom. That's another point. Now I can open the internal door for Carlos. So when I grab the handle now, let's say that internal handle is also some kind of biometric handle. Right. So when, as soon as I grab, it allows me to pull the door open. See all these things are happening. So now I'm inside and I'm walking. I'm walking through. Now I got to go to the same data center. Now I got to go in the data hall. All the systems picking me up. All the things. And then, like, so it's. But it's only offering me or giving me access as I'm coming up. So now I'm leaving. It's time to go home. As I'm walking away, it removes access, one hundred percent. In real time. In real time, it removes it one hundred percent. I get in my car, I leave the parking lot, I go maybe through the, the front gate or the, the old security shack. Once I leave there, boom, my access is totally done. And the system has to do that every single Now When I come back, the system starts doing that again and, repeats and that cycle only gives over and me repeat. access as it validates me through all these steps of validation. I think that would be really cool because then you could steal one piece of Carlos. Right, and you could try to get access to something, but you don't have all six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 validations that the system that is totally integrated has has put together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's that's an, my... It's an expansion
1: of the what you have, what you know, what you are, it, all that stuff. What our traditional?
2: Yeah. Biometric well, I, Why is it here? Well, because
0: where... it's Usually, so that's the time that you from nine to five.
2: What do you think? No, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that it. I don't know that your access is actually going away or being granted in real time as much as how we define access is kind of changing, Uh, because there's something that says Carlos uh, has A, B, or C, but the way that it's validated... I, th- I think we're changing the the concept of needing a a badge, and then when things are yeah. active. But uh, I, th- I love the, the idea of it. Yeah, being concurrent because uh, if it's concurrent, not just sequential, then uh, from a deep fake perspective, right? You can't fake all of those things in a concurrent manner. Exactly. Um, and then you know, I think that you were talking about facial recognition, but also. Um, you know, so much of analytics today are all about uh, the shape of something that it sees, but I'd also like to see lidar incorporated in there, so that perfect because you know we all are different shapes and sizes and characteristics. Mm-hmm. Well, how, about, and, how
0: about a fat scan? You know that that's
2: almost like its own fingerprint. How yeah. about a fat scan?
0: I mean, the odds of you and I losing weight you know, in a way, it's so fast that our, our scan— I resemble yeah. that?
2: Well, I mean, but I'll yeah, but get to a your point, of a, there, yeah. there's, you know, yeah. But to your point, you know, you can only do that so fast. So if there's a something that's considered a statistical impossibility, you know, losing 50 pounds in in one day, uh,
0: you know, that would show as as a—that's eh, nah, an X. That's, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. You know, the systems like that. In, in
2: a very polite, non-judgmental you know, very, way. You know, nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with your
0: fat body yeah. content. Yeah. Thing, but Thank what, you I mean, for coming. Using all these business. systems. I mean, that's a perfect example, right? Um, though we have to figure out how much radiation you'll get from uh, a fat scan. Uh, but there's systems out there today that can really differentiate us as humans. Could we use that in security?
2: Yeah, I mean, if look at what we did during COVID. You know, the... All of the, the the heat scanners and you know companies stepped up and and deployed at a very fast scale. They were able to deploy really creative solutions that you know were able to use it almost on an access control level. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we should yeah. That should be the evolution, whether you're talking about it uh, privately in the corporate sense, but also like personally. Right. I would like to see like a a simply safe type company integrate those things, so that when I pull up to my garage, I just get to pull in. Uh, it opens by itself, you know, through uh, APIs or whatever, and runs uh, through that and runs yeah, each challenge phase. and and the front door and so on and so forth. You know, so, so almost seamless to the end user. Yeah, it seems like we have all the Lego pieces um, in place all, yeah. out there, but they're just not quite uh, aligned together. and connected. Seamless is
0: the key. you know. And a lot of our partners ask us all the time, like, dude, get out of my business. I'm just trying to get my business done. Right. How can security be there, do all the things I have to do, but not stop me, slow me down or whatever the case may be? Right. I'd love to see if medical technology that's out there today could ever be used for security to distinguish individuals so if there's ever an a a dna style now i'm going to i'm going to, again we're 20, thirty three and beyond now if there is a dna kind of style of again this vapor wake air sensing thing that can air sense our individual dna's as we walk through that would be really really cool and that's about what the dogs feel through vapor vaporwave. It's like you have a very specific thing that falls off of you when you walk. Right. And the dog's like, okay, Central. that that specific yeah. thing, I know what it is. And it's connected to bombs or guns or powder, right? Gunpowder, they know that yeah. specific thing. So I wonder if we could tap into medical technology to incorporate into security. That's always been a dream of mine, to be able to create all the systems that business. But I feel more secure than ever. Everybody around me does as well. And we get our job done. That's it. The future holds a lot. future holds a, I'm telling you, man, spy kittens. That's where I'm at. Spy kittens. Drone nets. Drone nets. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any other crazy security ideas that you think that we could find in the future?
1: I think the imagination is... Uh... Is there? It's uh, it's only limited by the technology that can support it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're. you're uh, you know, we've talked about the ninjas falling from the sky and par. You know, uh, para parachuting or helicoptering in. Now we're becoming. You know, there's a small nap that's been flying around as we've been He's having this grabbing conversation. Grabbing all the data. And and yeah, how how will the technology play out in the future? That that's a camera as well as an RFID capture. Uh, mechanism and it's also scanning my biometrics as it's flying around.
0: My DNA smelling drone will realize that it's a <laughs> robot and it's not a human. And zap it from the sky. And I will also know that that little gnat does not have access to my property and automatically throw a fish line right at it and just tighten it up. And well, it well,
1: that's the flip side there. But <laughs> we're talking about from a security perspective is as this technology, how do you fight it? How, how do you protect against it? so yeah. it's great from a defensibility perspective uh protecting our property but what about the other side using that to penetrate yeah. from an offensive perspective Agreed. where does that leave us and trying to
0: defend against that i agree well listen i uh, i'm gonna leave you guys both with the couple of last thoughts of what you think the future is going to be or not be and then We'll close this out because we actually, by the way, we're in Altoona, Iowa. No, Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. But going in and out of Altoona, Iowa. So I'm very excited. It was my first time here. By the way, this hotel was built in 1919. It's really cool to sit here in the lobby and see some historical stuff. Curio, by the way, Hilton Curio, if you ever come out to Des Moines, I I highly suggest you stay here. And I'm going to tag him on this. I have nothing to do with security, but I'm going to tag him on it. What, the last couple thoughts that you guys have on the future? Because you're still yeah. young enough to see the future.
2: Yeah, I think from you know my perspective, um, you know, besides all of the stuff that we talked about, you know, I think that the challenge is all of this stuff is gonna come at a much greater cost than the solutions that we have today. So I think the other Um, Element that I think will be a part of the future will be that when we go out and buy solutions like this, they're not just solving security problems, they're solving other problems for the business. So today, you know, we have our security toys and we protect them very closely. Uh, But, uh, you know, I think in the future, you know, there's going to need to be a a more cross functional ROI that helps, you know, uh, pay for themselves and help justify. you know all of these layers and and all of these evolutions. I love it.
1: What do you think? Yeah, as the as as the old guy here, I think at, the, at this gathering, <laughs> you
0: are a little bit older than the both of us. Correct? I, I, I think I have a year or two on just a little bit. couple of you, yeah. Um,
1: you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see how the evolution continues, and, and I think Aaron raises a great point: is that. As as yeah. specific as physical security is, it has been, will continue to be. There will be that blending, the convergence between yep. the cyber, the infosec, uh, physical security, that security um, systems, that si- everything crazy. involved. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a much more blended environment. And what is the ROI from the small business up to the mega corporation in terms of how does that dollar spend? Benefit, protect, and leverage against all of my lines of business, not only with security. Um, It's going to be a really challenging environment. Uh, Excited to see what it brings in the next 10 years.
0: Yeah. I think so, too. So uh, the future's here. The, the good thing about this is that my, myself and my good partner, Scott Walker, we have a, a 2033 and beyond presentation at GSX coming up uh, on September 12th at 4, 4.15 p.m., something like that. So if you get a chance to be there, we're going to bring up a bunch of new technology stuff uh, to include drones and to include a, a lot of the ideas that we had. We, we try to become a slightly kind of like security futurist. And uh, so we're excited about that. I think it's going to be a fun one. But um, again, Aaron Burquist, always the smartest guy in the room. When he comes in, it's over. It's done. It's done. And and the best looking guy always in the room, Mr. Greg Bowman. Far from it. For, Far you know, from it. you know, the best beard around for sure, at, at minimum. And um, and I'm Carlos Francisco. So here we are again, hanging out once again with Corporate Security University, just trying to share some ideas, some knowledge and uh, continue to move forward uh, the security industry, uh, one conversation at a time. So we'll see you guys. Thank you very much, and have an awesome day. Bye-bye. Security excellence through education. Corporate Security University.